and welcome back to the one where I met your mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. Uh, I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> uh, you said something funny right before we recorded, and I took a minute to collect myself, and then as soon as I started talking, I started laughing again. I didn't again. say anything funny, though. I just gave you a look. <laughs> no, you said, <laughs> we were doing a sound check, and I said something about speaking to the mic, and you were like, I always do. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I always do. Um, all right. So, how are you? Uh, I'm doing... A, it's October. It's the spooky season. I know. It is the spookiest time of the year. Spookiest time of year. The weirdest time of year. Things are weird, as usual. <laughs> I guess weirder than usual, I would yeah, say. Yeah, because it's October. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, we decorated our home. Uh, we did, yeah. At least the living room is, is pretty scary. It's and the, And the dining area has yeah. a big uh, giant uh, tarantula in it. Yeah. Right? It's very scary. Yeah. We have <laughs> uh, pumpkins everywhere. Yeah. Little bats mm -hmm. stuck on all the banisters and railings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How uh, are you doing? I'm so scared. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I walk through the house with my eyes shut yeah. tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so scary. Um, hey, for those who don't know, this is a show where we discuss uh, an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother every week, but uh, we're in a kind of nether time for How I Met Your Mother, so it's just Friends and a bonus Mystery Diners episode. Mm -hmm. um, season 5, episode 10, Paranormal Activities. We're, we're going to put a pin in that, and we're going to start talking about Friends, season 3, episode 22, the one with the screamer. But first, I have a question for you. Uh, Natalie, do you yet miss How I Met Your Mother? I kind of do. And it's going to be like another like three weeks without it. Four yeah. weeks until we actually watch a How I Met Your Mother again. Yeah, I kind of do. But absence <clears throat> makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be fun when we get it back. Yeah, yeah. When we're back with Ted, the adventures of Ted and his best friend Barney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about season three, episode 22 of Friends, the, the one with the screamer. Uh, this is a very good episode. I liked this episode quite a lot. Yeah. I don't know if you did, but I did. Um, in the, the cold open, we're at Monica and Rachel's apartment, and uh, everyone's there as always. And Phoebe is on hold with the company that made her telephone. Right, which is the same as... Monica and Rachel. The same company. It's clearly not the same phone. Yeah. Because it's not even uh, cordless. Right. It's like corded, but it's sitting there like on the table. She's trying to make the call because the warranty is about to run out. Yeah. So she wants to get the complaint in. Um, this uh, is set up for the entire. Uh, uh, this is her plot for the entire episode. Yeah. Phoebe on hold. I love yeah. it. She's attached to the phone. But we also find out it's like we're it's opening night of Joey's play. Yeah. And he comes in to say, hey, how many tickets does everybody want? This is where we find out that uh, Rachel's going to bring it. Or sorry, Ross is going to bring a date. And so Rachel kind of scrambles to find a date. Yeah. So she's, you know, to, to compete. Yeah. Um, it's real easy for her to find a date and, you know, quick success. I mean, of course it is. Yeah, obviously. of course. <laughs> Have you seen her? Have you seen Rachel? <laughs> um, but... I mean, we don't get to see that progression. She's yeah. We don't see her making calls. This is just like probably someone who gave him gave her his number yeah. at some point. Yeah, she just walks down the street. Yeah, but first, um, 
Phoebe is supposed to go to the play, and, and Monica even lends her a sweater, which she gets stuck in uh, try, uh, 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 while she's on hold, and that's Phoebe a funny doesn't bit. doesn't know what speakerphone is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she, so Phoebe ends up deciding she's not going to go to the play because she's, not only is she on hold, it says she's the next caller in line, mm-hmm. so she's just going to wait. Uh, so we get to the play, and the two couples, I guess, Ross and Kaylin and Rachel and Tommy are the first people there. Tommy is played by Ben Stiller, yeah. uh, and he's great. Uh, Kaylin is played by uh, an actor, actress named, uh, actor named uh, Laura Cayouette, okay. whom I, I recognize, but I had to look up why. Yes, Tommy. Um, she is Leonardo DiCaprio's sister in Django Unchained. Um, we don't meet her until like the end of the movie when we get to the the to Candyland, his his okay. plantation. But I have watched Django Unchained many times, yeah. and his like the hint that there's maybe some weirdly something weirdly like incestuous with him and his sister. You know, yes. where is my yes. beautiful sister? Is what he says when he arrives home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's her. I knew I recognized her. And then so the uh, Rachel and Kaylin go to the bathroom together because that's what women do, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, whereas, I mean, I know this is like hacky, like eighties type material, mm-hmm. but if I stood up from somewhere and I was like, I'm going to use the restroom and like a guy in our party was like, I'll join you. That would be so weird. <laughs> that would be, I mean, it'd be weird for me too. I mean, I, I understand like I've had like full conversations with women in the bathroom and sometimes if, but like, like while you're both in neighboring stalls. Yeah. 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 Isn't that rude to the other people in the bathroom? Um, I've been on like the receiving end of that, and I'm not okay. All right. I don't um, think it's rude. I told this is a secondhand story. It is weird if oh, go ahead. okay if there are like three stalls or more than more than three stalls, and I'm between two people having a conversation. I feel like I'm intruding. By just yeah, being I there. wouldn't. And like then that. <clears throat> I don't want to flush because I like I'm waiting for the right moment. You're gonna interrupt, yeah. Uh, ladies, let us know if this has ever happened to you. Yes. Also, men, tell me because I like I have like found myself like in a work situation, maybe like at a urinal next to someone that I work with, and they're like, "Hey, did you see that email from so and so?" And I want to be like, I talk because I don't want to be rude, but I also want to be like, let's. Let's talk about this. When we get back to our desks. Like that's not what this is for. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was something else I was going to say about that, and uh, now, oh shoot, I had something good. Oh well. Uh, toilet talk. Oh, I lost it. Okay. Oh well. Um, so then, uh, so they go to to the bathroom together. Um, uh, Ross and Tommy are looking for their seats. Turns out there's someone in their seats. The guy who's in their seats is actually played by the episode's director, Peter Boners. That's his oh, real name, Peter Boners. Boners. <laughs> um, and uh, Tommy flips out on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome and hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but then we cut from there to the after party. We don't see any of the play, at least not during this sitting. We yeah. eventually will see some of the play. Yeah. Um, so uh, we cut to the after party. Everybody's there. Estelle is Estelle there. Estelle shows up, yeah. Uh, she's, she's so happy. Um, 
uh, everyone's happy to, that jo- Joey and, and Kate did such a great job. Yeah. Uh, also at that party, props to the props department, there were some pigs in blankets. Oh, yeah? There were some crab cakes. Crab cakes that the, the director's mother made, yeah. we find out. Because yeah. the director comes in, which made me wonder, like, how late did this party go? Because he comes in with the times, with the review, which is like a real thing that traditionally, as I understand it, that, like, New York shows do, but that's because they party all night and they get the paper at, like, 4 a.m., you know? Mm -hmm. I don't get the impression this was supposed to be, like, an all-night rager. Um, But anyway, um, the director uh, comes back and he's got the reviews for the play, which we, I think, learned for the first time is called Boxing Day. Yeah. I don't think we (laughs) knew before. Um, uh, which is a funny name and is even funnier once we actually see some of the play. We've yeah. seen some of the play in rehearsals. Yeah. But we're going to see some more and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, whatever time it is, so the views come in and they're, te- they're terrible. Um, they, but Joey's happy because he's that Joey was he not the worst he thing. He was not the worst like, thing in the play. Kate and the director get it worse. Yeah. So he, like, wants to keep the review uh, to, like, frame, I guess. Um, so however late it goes, Rachel and Monica eventually come home. Phoebe's still on hold, and she says she kept herself busy, and we find out that that means that she switched their bedrooms? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Very funny. Um, and they were cool with it. Yeah, yeah. They just, they just switched Well, rooms. Probably, cause apparently it's, like, 5 o'clock in the morning at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, everyone's gone from the party now except for Joey and Kate. And we find out that the director dumped Kate after yeah. getting the bad review. So yeah. Joey's kind of consoling her, trying to cheer her up. And then he, um, uh, uh, she talks about how she gave up a job on a soap opera to do this. And Joey says he gave up a job declawing cats, yeah. which is sad. Because yeah. um, that's now that's not like... It's generally not considered okay anymore. I mean, a lot of places, in California, places, like, won't even do it. Right. But I will admit, like, when I was growing up, our cats as kids, like, their front claws, we had their front claws declawed. It was just, like, a normal thing. But I I don't think we would, like, I don't know, I don't think people still do it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe in Missouri. (laughs) I don't know. And in California, it's, like, I don't know if it's literally illegal, but places are, like, we don't do that. Um, I want to say, I think it used to be more Yeah, yeah. Um, so Joey was going to declaw cats, I guess. And as he go, he gave up that job. He walks Kate home. We had to declaw our dog or rather we had to like cauterize our dog's pot nails, but it wasn't like a declaw. Oh, our, ours. our dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our dog on one paw. He's an interesting, she's an interesting specimen. Yeah. She has a she real has, fucked up leg she has a fucked and up leg. it kept, it's, it's already fucked up to begin with. And then on top of that her foot kept getting infected yeah. and so we did actually have her claws because her nails kept on, getting yeah, on, growing on her into... one like weird dead foot yeah <laughs> removed yeah people want to hear this right <laughs> about how weird our dog's leg is yeah yeah I, all I know is like when I take her on walk because she puts she gets a little like boot that straps on that leg when she goes on walks and all I like, I, I have my headphones in, but I just see people like, oh, yeah. that's all day long whenever everyone I take her so out. Bad for her. Yeah, everyone feels so bad. But she's fine. She's yeah. very, very, very cute, very happy. Yeah, she's, a, well, I don't know if she's happy. She's a very nervous dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, Joey walked Kate home. They kind of start to get into it. Joey, like, is like, why have you treated me this way? And she's like, I 
see you for who you are, but then she like immediately passes out. Like they're about to make out and she passes out and Joey tucks her in and um grabs an empty like garbage can and puts it next to the couch in case she needs to hurl, which I feel like it reminded me of, like my college years. I've definitely done that for mm-hmm. someone. Like mm-hmm. he gone would have leaved this by the Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so I feel like it's supposed to be a joke, but I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. That's a nice, a thoughtful nice thing. thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, Phoebe, man, meanwhile, is still on hold on this cordless phone. I don't know how it's not dead. It doesn't look like, I guess, uh, she's probably charging it when we're not watching. But uh, yeah. Um, uh, and, jo- but, and Joey comes by. It, this is the next morning, and we find out that eventually that, that he, like, slept there, and then Kate, Kate woke up, and they talked for for hours or, or whatever um and monica is so happy for him like yeah. this is a big step in the relationship you see each other you don't understand how you feel she calls it something like you had your first you had the night or whatever the night. yeah which feels like a seinfeld very much so yeah yeah um and she said did you learn about her family yeah two brothers one died and yeah. then monica's like yes yeah you know but it was really sad which is really like mean-spirited yeah, yeah. i think because i have two brothers it made me sad yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so then we're at the perk finally for the first time. The whole finally. goddamn episode, we finally get to the perk. Um, <laughs> there's a funny joke where a woman like sent Chandler a cup of coffee, and then when he turns around <laughs> to accept it, yeah, she sends Gunther to take it back because she thought he was someone else. Yeah, <laughs> he'd already taken a sip of it. <laughs> Gunther. It's such a funny idea yeah. that you would take back that take, take that back. back. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is she going to get a refund for it, or is she just like, I don't want this strange want man, this to, man have to have it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so they're all hanging out. And we find out that Rachel is waiting around for Tommy to show up. She's going to go out with Tommy again. I guess this essentially fake date to not lose face in front of Ross. Is turning into something. She wants to see Tommy again, and and Ross, because uh, no one else but Ross saw this blow up before, and yeah. then it, he like didn't. It didn't happen at the cast and party. Everyone just thinks he's acting out of jealousy. Yeah, being a child. Yeah. So uh, he's trying to tell Rachel what's going on, but Rachel's like, "Oh, maybe I should stop seeing him and stop seeing Ross is any man at all." Gaslit by Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so Tom, so then Ross like storms out because like everyone's making fun of him uh making fun of him uh, <laughs> and <laughs> outside of the sidewalk he nearly walks right into tommy and tommy blows up at him again about almost spilling coffee on him and it's funny because like we cut to inside and everyone's still talking and ross is like trying to get their attention to the window while tommy's like gesticulating wildly i write but the the thing that's so funny about that part is like they're talking about their favorite things about summer. <laughs> and so it's like such a gentle like mm, the beach, the smell of cut grass. And, you know, outside uh, a man is just having like a full breakdown. Yeah. But then he walks in and he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And he just joins the conversation. Yeah. I think he's the one who mentions, oh, I like the smell of freshly cut grass. And yeah. they're like, yeah. Yeah, that is nice. And, and Ross like can't believe it. He's like uh, Michigan J. Frog or whatever. Yeah. Um, blah 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 okay uh, Joey goes up shows up for work for the second night of the play and finds the understudy Lauren uh, is on stage because it turns out Kate got a job in LA yeah 
Yeah. And Joey is <laughs> trying to find out all he can while he still doing the play. play. Yeah. Yeah. Totally unprofesh. Yeah, way unprofesh. But uh, the director's probably not even there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has a big old breakdown. Um, and then at some point we're all back at Monica and Rachel's. Uh, oh, yeah. This is the end. So now... Um, this is nearly the end of the episode, right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah. It oh. ends It ends with... Okay, I, okay. Forgive me, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Ross is, like, trying to get Tommy to lose it, like, almost walking into him with coffee again, and then he, Tommy needs to use the phone, but Phoebe's still on hold, so they're like, go use the phone in Chandler and Joey's, and he does... And um, he gets mad at the chick and the duck and starts screaming at the birds. And uh, everyone comes out to the hall and sees him. And so everyone's standing in the doorway as yeah. he's having this um, tantrum. Yeah, he calls, does he call it like he Daffy calls, Dip? Like, I can't remember what well, he says. Well, like, he call, every time he's having a tirade, he calls them an idiot. You idiot yeah. so he calls the chick an idiot he called the man at the play an idiot yeah but he said i wish i had written it down he said something funny to the duck yeah, like yeah. calling it like donald or daffy or something yeah. that it was funny um that was such a like a sweet relief that scene where they all saw who yeah, it was and yeah. then he like stormed out and yeah i guess we're not going out anymore yeah um so then we okay this is what i was confused i thought that was the end the end is back at the play kate shows up to say goodbye to joey which is nice of her yeah um and while joey's like off stage and uh, supposed to be on stage uh says goodbye and then he gets to deliver he goes back on stage kate's in, go, kate goes out to the audience and he gets to deliver his big monologue as, in character to her and then <laughs> We see the end of the play, which yeah. is about him going on a spaceship to find renewable energy, and yeah. he won't be back for 200 years yeah. when everyone he knows will be dead, but he won't have aged. And it's so great. Yeah. It's so great yeah. that we're, we knew? think we're watching this, this like yeah. streetcar, like yeah. Tennessee Williams, uh, you, you know, working class, like something Barton Fink would write or whatever, yeah. and it turns out it's science fiction yeah. corny science fiction where a ladder from a spaceship descends into their like lower east side tenement yeah, he's apartment being, like, beamed up <laughs> to a spacecraft it's so good yeah uh, it's so great um and then the tag at the end is uh phoebe uh they finally convince phoebe to just hang up um instead of being on hold and then she breaks the their phone, phone. Yeah. and we find out that there wasn't a toll-free call they're being charged for long distance which that's like kind of a thing of the past now with cell mm -hmm. phones you know um yeah uh anyway and that's the end of the episode what else did i miss anything or you missed um and it was he didn't have much to do but pete's back so pete and monica are um, that's right he came to the yeah so now that's monica's boyfriend someone like just kind of like, oh, how'd you, how'd you two meet? It was Caitlin. Caitlin, yeah. Yeah, Caitlin asked how they met, and Pete's like, oh, um, I found her at the at her restaurant, and then I paid her twenty thousand dollars, and now she's my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is what happens. But, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So glad, I'm glad you mentioned that John Favreau was was back. That he apparently came to the play, but uh, we only see him at the at the after party. Yeah. All right, well, let's, should we move on to funniest moments? Uh, yes. 
Okay, so I'm just going to say Tommy yelling was always funny to me. Yeah. Ben Stiller yelling. Uh, yeah. The, the, um, uh, uh, what is the, the, the guy, Peter Boners, says something like, oh, well, we thought, and he's like, oh, you thought? You thought, yeah. <laughs> That didn't work out too well for you, did it, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, what do you have? I, I've got more. It was a very funny episode. Um, I thought it was very funny when they all get back um, from the from the play and from the after party. Uh, Phoebe's still on the phone and she's asking about the play and she says, um, "I'm sorry, I couldn't be here, be here. Your play was very important to us. Your play will be next, like because she's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. brainwashed by this like hold." Yeah. Um, customer service line. Yeah. Your play will be the next play. She forgot. I see. Yeah. Yeah. She forgot how to talk. Uh, yeah, that was very funny. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, there was uh, Matt LeBlanc did a very funny thing. We talk about like physical comedy and reactions and stuff when he's having his moment with Kate and then she passes out like onto his chest mm -hmm. and then he's trying to like I think he's trying to like see if she's awake or not and he like look like yeah. pulls his head back and looks like straight down his chest and has to like pull his chin into his neck almost it's a very funny yeah uh funny, funny moment yeah funny image um, uh you got more i have more uh, although i don't like animal actors we're anti-animal mm -hmm. actors mm -hmm. but when matt Le when, uh, when you Jeff like animals you don't like them being used as actors exactly yeah. i think the listeners know that by now it just sounds like you have a grudge against animals i hate all animals <laughs> in every way there um, was a uh, um, we talk about this all the time, but there was, did you see the, I meant to send it to you, the Onion headline this week that was like, police horse has no idea that what he is. Oh. <laughs> and that's how I think about animal actors. Yeah. Like, they don't know they're actors. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's why a, it's I feel sad. the same way about like, um, like guide dogs that have signs that say like, do not pet me or approach me. And I feel bad because they're still dogs. Like they still want attention and affection and they can't have it because they're in training hmm. they didn't choose that life right no they didn't sign up for it same as like police dogs right yeah but they get like they do get what's what i'm looking for like training. not training like they get uh rewarded they get the com they get companionship sure but they didn't choose that life no they didn't choose it yeah yeah um Oh, okay. If a dog so could I, choose its life, it would just lay around all day and get fed, which is what our dog eat does. Hamburgers. <laughs> hamburgers, yeah. Um, okay, so what I was saying was, I don't like animal actors, uh, don't like any animals, but when Chandler comes in with the chick and the duck in his hands, like, as they're getting ready for the play, he barges in and says, can you bring a chick and a duck to a play? And they're like, obviously not. And he's like, okay, I just wanted them to hear it from someone else. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd been telling them all day that they couldn't come <laughs> to the play. They clearly wanted to go. That's very funny, yeah. Um, uh, when Joey and Kate have their tearful goodbye, uh, uh, she's going to L.A., she says, I can't stay here just for you. And Joey says, then stay for the museums. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And then my last one, do you have any more? Nope. Right, my last one was you already talked about, but just the moment of the like reveal when Joey's like, I'm going to get on this spaceship. And then like the light turns blue and yeah. the ladder comes down and there's like mist or steam or whatever. Yeah. God, it's so funny. Uh, all right. Should we move on to friends, but make it fashion? Yes. I don't have many. I have two and they're both yellow. The first one in the opening scene. Bandana. Monica has like, Monica has like a neckerchief. A neckerchief, but also her 
lemon lime ensemble. Yeah. Like I loved it. Just kind of out of nowhere. This was a choice made by the wardrobe department because this is these aren't her colors. She's very fall. Like she's very right. neutral, like yeah. darks. And so this was just kind of like shocking to me. I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it looked great. Switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you hit? Uh that's it. Oh, you have the same one. That's it. Yeah, that's all. Okay, I have. my only other one is I just like the yellow shirt that Ross is wearing for the whole second half of the episode. Huh. If you haven't noticed, I like the color yellow. It's your favorite. It is. Yeah, I am a forty-year-old man who has a favorite color, and that color is yellow. I think everyone has a favorite color. Okay. Listeners, call to action. What is your favorite color? Mine's green. I know yours is green. Um, what is your favorite color? Okay. Uh, what's under the umbrella? I don't. I like. Couldn't I really think of anything. Like Joey is a sweetheart. Oh, you yeah. know, like even though in the episode there was like a mention of him being a womanizer, like, oh, you know, when um, the the understudy, <laughs> Lauren, was like, is, Lauren like, is like, oh, yeah, oh, we, yeah we, we passed in the hall when I was leaving after we slept together and he never called me again or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he so, broke up with me the next day yeah, or whatever. So yeah. Joey's a womanizer, but like he cares about people. He cares about his friends and he's. Yeah. And when he falls for someone like Kate, yeah. he, he falls hard. Yeah. Well, um, then should we take a quick break? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, we're back from our quick break, and uh, there's no How I Met Your Mother to talk about, so we are going to do... Some of our other segments, and then we'll end with the bonus. Got it. So now we're going on to, obviously we can't do similarities and differences. We can't play favorites. What we can do is catch up on our correspondence. Oh. We have a, a couple of tweets okay. that I wanted to to point out. Or was it just one? Um, see, for my other podcast, which is called Battleship Pretension, I... Um, oh, okay. So uh, Jenny says... That she likes new set who dis better than what I wanted to call it, which is set up. Okay. Uh, speaking uh, of, I, I did want to mention okay. um, we go to uh, Kate's apartment. That's true. It could have been someone else's apartment just decorated. And then we see a side of the set that we haven't seen before on the play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, thank you, Jenny. Um, yeah, Jenny's on your side. I just feel like new the new blank who dis is it's just already done i don't want to feel like we're just like i don't know copying we're, someone else's joke we're putting our spin on it yeah i guess we're replacing one of the words yeah yeah i don't know if that's the same as you know there's like this is what i like one of the, I, I i'm obsessed with twitter even though it's the worst place in the world but this sort of thing happened, like memes happen on all the social media things. Like, but I hate when the, a meme is like someone says something original and funny, and then for the next week, everyone does their version of that thing. It's never going to be as funny as 
the first one. The first one is what... Of course, but we can recognize it. Like, make it fashion is not an original idea. But it's also not supposed to be a joke. But I guess you're right. Maybe new set who dis isn't supposed to be a joke? Yeah, it's new set, and that's <laughs> funny. Okay. Um, well, I was going to say call to action, but we already heard from Jenny. Jenny, I guess, is the uh, final word on the this. The masses have spoken. Yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, and then Paige says she created a Twitter account just so that she could correspond with us. <gasps> uh, and she partic- particularly loves all of the references to You're the Worst, which yeah. is a new phone who dis is a yeah. big part of You're yeah. the Worst. Uh, and she says we should cover uh, You're the Worst in our season caps. Um, sorry about that, Paige. We have landed on mystery diners, and that's not changing for no one but, but us. Yeah. Clearly. But then she says, "Or is that the next podcast?" Mm. And I, w- I was trying to think, what would you pair "You're the, the worst, worst" with? I feel like mm. I have an idea. Uh, this is a show I never watched, but "Bored to Death" from HBO. Okay. Because I, I. F- from what I gather, I think that's a very New York City show. The way that you're the worst is a very LA, or more specifically, a very Silver Lake Echo Park. Yeah. Show. Okay. Mostly Silver Lake. So we'd want it. So I just thought that might make a good bi-coastal. Yeah, that's, but that's just one idea. Listeners, call to action. If we were going to, at some point, we're going to be done with all the friends and how I met your mother. If we were going to pair it, do this show. Well, with, you want to go on a movie venture where we watch every single movie of. All of these. I do. I I do really want to do that. Um, But uh, if, uh, but I'm open to other ideas, and uh, I want to know, listeners, what would you pair with "You're the Worst"? What would be a good sitcom to pair with "You're the Worst"? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, All right, so that's uh, that's catching up with our correspondence. Thank you to Jenny and Paige. Yeah, Paige like created a Twitter account. That's awesome. Rad. I mean, I guess that's not that difficult, but no, uh, it's huge. But also, I mean, at this point, Twitter's been around for like since 2006, 16 years. Like most of the good usernames are taken, so that is it is a bit more difficult now than it was when I did it in 2009. Right. Yeah, I had my first Twitter account in 2008. I don't use that one anymore. In 2009, I created the one that's specific to Battleship Pretension. That's the one I've used since 2009. I've been on Twitter for 13. Well, 14 years. Yeah, same with, like, Gmail. Like, I'm amazed that I don't have to have a series of numbers after my name. Yeah. You know, that yeah. I got my my email, my name on my email. Yeah, yeah. I also have my name for my email, but not... Don't try to email me. E- if you're going to email, yeah, email, email the one yes. where I met your mother at gmail.com. Yeah. All right, let's talk about, like, the songs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. The next segment is my favorite segment to introduce. It's called How Were We Doing? Which, by the way, we're almost at the end of the third season. Joey still has not said mm-hmm. How You Doing. But this is How Were We Doing? This episode, season three, episode 22, the one with the screamer, aired on Thursday, April 24th, 1997. Couldn't find a lot that happened that day. Um, uh, but I do know, I did find out, have you heard of a thing... Um, called Newman Day or sometimes Newman's Day. It started at Bates College. Um, and it is sometimes celebrated, celebrated, observed on April 24th. It is based on an apocryphal story 
that Paul Newman. I was going to say Newman, Paul Newman. Yeah. So Paul Newman, when he was a student at Bates College, college Gosh. in my Midwest accent, I didn't say anything. Bates College, um, was reportedly quoted as saying, and this, he refutes this and there's no evidence that he said it, but saying, which you probably heard this saying before, uh, 24 hours in a day, 24 beers in a case. Coincidence? I think not, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Newman's Day is observed by drinking 24 beers in 24 hours. Um, And uh, Paul Newman um, is no longer with us, but uh, was aware of this and was not a fan of this. Well, yeah, he's a health nut. And also, like, I think was sober by the end of his life. Teetotaler. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he had drank when he was younger and, and had some struggles with that. Yeah. So he was not a fan, and he got Bates College to publicly say, we are not, like, yeah. we don't endorse or affiliate really. this. But it spread to other colleges, and it's a thing that is sometimes, I'd never heard of it either until I looked this up. Also, heard of, uh, sometimes like observed on April 24th. What are you going to say? I was going to say that's not that much. Yeah. I feel like over 24 hours, especially I'm assuming they're drinking like Bud Light or Natty Light. I mean, you're right. college kids. I could crush 24 Natty Lights. Because say you I mean, started, you'd be drunk, you but started like day drinking on Saturday, say, and like, you know, you could even like maintain a good buzz without getting like super wasted. And then the next day you can start again. In the same way. Oh, so yeah. The, the only way it would actually seem um, uh, difficult is: Do you actually? And I didn't look this up. Do you actually have to stay awake for twenty four hours? What I was thinking. That would be difficult, and have just one beer at the top of the hour every hour for twenty four hours. Yeah, but but the staying awake would be the yes. trouble. Like yes. you could drink water in between. I don't think you'd get drunk if you drank twenty four beers in twenty four hours. Yeah. If you were drinking water yeah. and like eating food, it would just be a struggle to stay awake. And if you just napped between the beers, could you do that? Maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, I could easily drink twenty four. I'm I'm, I'm forty. Have. I'm a man. Like I'm forty. You... <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, you've done it without trying. I don't know if I that's ever. It's like a have, normal day for you. That's not a normal day for normal me. Normal twenty four hours. Because period. the like you and I, I don't like to tell like I don't like to be one of those guys who like brags about drink or likes likes to tell drinking stories. Um, but it did come up just last night. The one time you and I went like legitimately camping with friends, mm-hmm. we were beach camping and it was like, it was the spring, but it was a cold. Like it was so windy on the beach. It was frigid as hell. And I think I was drinking beers like just to stay warm. And so I think I did drink probably 15 beers that night. And I think that, yeah, that, but the next morning I don't, I've said before on the podcast, I don't like, I get hangovers, but from what other people describe about hangovers, I don't think I get them as bad as other people. But that next morning was the most hungover I've ever felt well, in my entire you... life. What? What? He barked his brains out. <laughs> and that is the only, <laughs> like I have, it, you know, I have drank to excess and, like, puked yeah. from drinking. Yeah. But that morning after camping is the only time I have been so hungover that I threw up. That's never happened before or since. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that way. I do get hungover in the sense that the next day I uh, I have a headache. And I don't even drink that much. Like, this could happen with, like, two glasses of wine or three glasses of wine. Um, but then I get this, like existential dread which is almost worse than the headache like depression yeah. depression yeah. and uh yeah i mean it catches up with you 
So anyway, um, I think you and I should do Newman's Day is what I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next April 24th, 24 Natty Lights. I, I will not. Okay. Yeah, if it were 24, like, arrogant bastards, like, I would die. We would die. We yeah. would drop dead. Yeah. But 24 Natty Lights, yeah, I could do that. 24 PBRs, 24 I could do, like a, like, a little ounce, like a little ounce cup. Yeah. What, um, what about the thing... Uh, the power hour where you do a shot of beer once a minute for an hour. Because that, you would actually get drunk because that comes out to like five beers in an hour. In an hour. Which is, yeah, I could not do that. Yeah, you'd be drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially if they were stronger beers. All right, um, enough drinking talk. I don't like to be one of those guys. You know what's my least favorite? When you see dudes and they're usually like doughy white dudes with beards like myself or, you know, wearing... The Game of Thrones T-shirt with the Tyrion Lannister line, like mm-hmm. I drink and I know things. Mm-hmm. Ugh, ugh. That's those are your peers, though. Those are your like. That's but your that I think I hate Comic Con crowd. I think I hate most in others the things that I hate most about myself. Yeah, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, but I would never. I have too much self-respect to wear that shirt and too much self-awareness to know that like thinking it's cool to drink is child's play. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. I'm a man. I'm forty. I'm not going to brag about how much I drink. <laughs> All right. Um, there should be a drinking game for every time you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners have to chug a Natty Light. All right. Um, ooh, we have a new entry in the top five songs in the U.S. Ooh, okay. Uh, and it, this is so embarrassing because I say that I sing songs that I like. Mm-hmm. So now I have to sing but it's not we get to number two. And number five, The Spice Girls Wannabe. I don't like that Great song. song. Uh, number four, Monica, For You I Will. At number three, Jules, You Were Meant For Me. Snaggletooth songs. Uh, yeah. And at number two, Biggie, 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 Can't You See? Uh-huh. Sometimes your words uh-huh. just hypnotize me. Uh-huh. The Notorious B.O.G. Hypnotize. B- oh, did I say B.O.G.? You did. <laughs> that would be Notorious like. Bog. That's the, yeah. Um. I was going to say, is that, is that like the spooky version? Is it Bog Spooky? Like maybe that's his yeah. Halloween name. You know, yeah. everyone on Twitter like changes their name for Halloween. Yeah. Um, which I have to do. I always do that. I forgot to do that. Um, Notorious B.I.G. Hypnotize. Uh, and a number one, keeping it in the the same family uh, and holding it number one, Puff Daddy's Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. That's the, um, what were they called? The Bad Boy Records? Is that what they were, what, uh, yeah. they were called? Um, uh, and yeah, the, uh, which leads to one of my favorite, I don't like to celebrate Suge Knight because I know he's like a monster, but, uh, did you ever see, is it, I can't remember if it's the MTV awards or the source awards or the BET awards when in the middle of this, when there was the whole feud between like East and West and like bad boy and Def Jam or and, 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 and Death Row, I mean, and he was the Death Row guy and he like, uh, accepting an award at whatever the show was and gave a speech making fun of Puffy where he was like, I want to say to any rappers who want to sign with the label, well, you don't have to have the producer all up on the song, all up in the video. <laughs> Just making fun of Puff Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we don't like... We don't like murders. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. He literally he's murdered like, someone with his car. He's a murderer. Yeah, yeah. and not like... 20 years ago, like less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it was like all a little funnier when it was like, or more, you could enjoy it more when it was all like 
hearsay about him like <laughs> uh, dangling vanilla ice off of a hotel balcony. That the, is funny. The hotel that is now the London in West Hollywood. I can't remember what it was called then. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's where that supposedly uh, happened. Do you think people like seek out that room? Well, I mean, this is I'm telling a story from another podcast, but second week in a row we're mentioning the best show with Tom Sharpling because you and I went and saw Sharpling live because uh, he also does the. It's uh, a Double Threat live. Yes, I was, I was going to say he does another show with Julie Klausner called Double Threat, and we went to their live podcast. Uh, but um, uh, Tom Sharpling said on his show, the best show, that he did ask for that room, and the person at the desk. As Tom told it, pretended that they didn't know what he was talking about, <laughs> and I think I believe him that that that's probably the policy. There's no way you work at that hotel and don't know that story, right? I don't know because it's it's a different hotel now. Yeah, but it, yeah. I mean it's the same it's building, possible. but it's different. So maybe they don't know the story. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, move on to the final segment. Usually, the final segment. We have another one after this, uh, but the final segment, which is called. Challenge accepted. This is where we try to guess what's going to happen next week on the shows, given only the episode titles to work with. I said, obviously, you're ahead of me, but I have a few more chances to catch up because we have these Extra Friends episodes. I said that the screamer would be Joey. That Joey is having night terrors, and Chandler very sensitively makes fun of him for screaming like a woman. Uh, Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, Chandler didn't even really say anything... No one said anything like homophobic or transphobic or yeah, sexist in this episode. No Maybe that's part of why I like enjoyed yeah. it so much. There was nothing that took me out of it. Uh, all right, so Friends, season three, um, episode twenty-three, is called "The One with Ross's Thing." Okay. Here's what I'm going to guess. Okay. Because the one where no one's ready is about Ross has a thing that they're all supposed to go to. Mm -hmm. And then also, Mm -hmm. just recently, there was an episode where Ross didn't go to a thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're not going to go to that well again. I, I don't think that's what Ross's thing is, that it's an event. I think Ross has, is it like a foible or like a tick? Hmm. Like something weird that Ross does? Or maybe he starts to do something weird? Okay. You know, like... Uh-huh. Or like he has a crick in his neck and it won't go away, okay. you know? Like, maybe he has, like, I've got this thing. You know, you said, like, I've got this thing. Okay. Is it a foible or a medical? No, I, I say I'm leaning towards more it being maybe, like, something that is, like, Ailment? physically pestering him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ross is concerned with a recent physical development and uh, it's funny in some way. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, what if he has, like, a funny walk? Yeah. You know? 
or like every third step, he like kicks his leg out or something. Okay. All right. uh, and it's funny, funny in, some, in way. some way. Um, okay, Ross is concerned with the recent physical development, and it's funny in some way. That's not really very funny, is it? I usually try to make these funny. You you used to, like, the concept used to be more like old-timey. Using old-timey language. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, like, a, a, a picadillo? A picadillo? picadillo? I don't think that's what that means, though. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say Ross is concerned with the recent physical development, and it's funny in, in some way. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Now, now I feel like I should try to say it in a funny way. You could work on it. Um, hold on. Uh, I'm going to vamp? N- no, I'm going to say Ross is all bent out of shape. Quite literally. About Being some bent out of shape? new <laughs> physical development that's put a... Bee in his bonnet? <laughs> yeah, a bee. Be in his bonnet. Uh, cruelly, this is all uh, uh, fodder for jests and merriment. Somehow. Okay, did I do it? Okay. Okay, yeah. Ross has all been out of shape about some new physical development that put a bee in his bonnet. Cruelly, this is all fodder for jests and merriment somehow. Good one. Okay. I love it. I think the whole thing was worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's good podcasting. Yeah. All right. Um, well, now we're on to what is actually going to be our final segment in which we watch an episode of our favorite show of all time, Mystery Diners. Yeah. You know, if Mystery Diners, God forbid, gets pulled from streaming... Like, my fear is that Charles Stiles is going to find out about us doing it, and, and Discovery Plus is going to realize the only people on the planet who are watching Mystery Dinners are doing so to make fun of it, Did, and then they're going to pull it. Didn't you at one time, uh, like, follow him at, He followed on me. Twitter? Yeah. I think we followed, talked about this yeah, before. On, okay. We talked yeah. about it on the pod. Okay. I think, let me, well, you know what, but let's do, I should, I should once every season check, check in with to see if he still Charles follows Stiles. me. Charles Stiles does still follow you. Follow okay. me. Has he um, tweeted anything? Has not tweeted since October 15th of 2019, where he tweeted a Facebook link about um, ABC News video of armed troops crossing the border from Turkey to Syria, but it's turkeys carrying guns. This is his idea of comedy. Charles. And he was... Uh Completely mum during the pandemic. There's no way that guy got vaccinated. I hope he's still with us. There's no way that guy wore a mask ever. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Do you disagree? Uh, oh, no, I, I, absolutely not. Given the, I mean, I say assumptions we make about his politics, but it's pretty clear what his politics are. Yeah. Um, we did learn, though, that he is a skeptic. Yeah, I think I, I think a lot of libertarians are. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, but we watched season, what did I say before? Season five, episode 10. Is that what it is? Let me real quick triple check that. Season, oh, wait, I have to make, oh, I never, I, I did make a guess. Never mind. Season five, episode 10, paranormal activities. 
This aired on March 10th, 2014, but we're not doing anything about that. So <laughs> the premise is that Charles is in Seattle. At Taverna Mazie. Taverna Mazie. Yeah. Um, Where D- Dimitri has been plagued uh-huh. by... Owner Dimitri. Owner Dimitri has this... Well, it's like a Greek... It's like a new... It's like a modern Greek yeah. tavern. Yeah, they have um, Greek burgers and... They don't talk about this, but in the window it says Greek margaritas. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I wanted I uh, wanted like Charles to ask about the Greek margaritas. This restaurant is across the street from a cemetery. And he says a famous cemetery. A famous cemetery. Do you think it's like where Jimi Hendrix is? Isn't that Seattle? Yeah, that is Seattle. I wonder. You um, and I went to Seattle. We did not go to the cemetery. Or to Verna Mazie. Which is not there anymore. Which is not there anymore. Which I always, I mean, whenever we watch any of these shows, from Mystery Diners to Kitchen Nightmares to 24 Hours to Hell and Back to Restaurant Impossible to the very short-lived one that was all Asian restaurants. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, whenever we, I watch those, the first thing I do is get on Yelp and see if the place is still open. Right. Uh, this place is not, but in a way, we're gonna, actually going to get to. Okay. Yeah. So ever since he bought the, Dimitri bought bought the property he's felt a presence so he just tells us we learned that the place is haunted everyone knows it all the employees at one point or another have have had a paranormal experience yeah um there are rumors he was into no (laughs) there are rumors that there are two women held against their will they repeatedly use that frame women held against their will and it's against again like why would that if this is all made up, right? Mm-hmm. Why make up something disturbing like that? Yeah. There's the the sexual and gender politics in the show are yes. so weird. Right. Okay. So we like the- I do like do you think okay, there's two possibilities. One is this actually is the story attached to this building and Mr. Jones was trying to say it in a non-salacious way but made it weirder. Or the other thing is that this is just made up out of whole cloth and Charles or someone has some weird like fetish about captivity or something. I think, yes, that is obviously true. But then, obvi- like, we learn later in the episode that that's the scenario that they created with the mystery diners. So Holly and her girlfriend are... Like, the women held against their will. The women held I'm against stupid. their will. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. um, so the consultation involves... Bringing in Holly, uh, Mystery Diner, and uh, Piece of Ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna save it for Make It Fashion, but she does show up in a very tight sweater dress. But this is what their job is, and this is what yeah Charles Styles gets off on. He always, I mean, he has a whole team of Mystery Diners read actors. All um, pieces of ass, but no, no, he only brings the like pretty blonde women mm-hmm. to the consultations with him. And it's usually Amber or Holly. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think we'll come. I'm sure. And we'll in find this episode, others. he actually says to Holly, Holly, turn up the heat. Let's get you upstairs. <laughs> so the sting operation is basically like you go into the restaurant, pretend you're a customer. And then, um, when the like employees tell you about the ghosts, ask to see them like so they're giving these like unsolicited ghost tours having like taking beers like pulling pranks basically so they're not like stealing money or having some like side business they're just uh pranksters do you think 
Is this... I'd have to look at the episode orders and, and everything that come before this. This aired right after Mascot Mayhem, the one with... Uh, uh, <laughs> the Yum Yum Brainer Boy yeah. and uh, Dopey Dan. Yeah. But is this... Because this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. That the idea that the... Employees are giving customers unauthorized ghost tours of the building. Yeah. Is this the point that Mr. Diner stopped trying to convince us that it was real? I don't know. Well, I mean, they did bring in <laughs> a psychic mystic. Not a, psych- a psychic and a medium. A psychic She's and a, a medium, medium and a psychic. So Lisa, um, she senses um, a lot of spirits. One, uh, like an old... Like, it used to be a, a pharmacy, so, like, a pharmacist gets shot in the head. Uh-huh. I can't believe I'm saying this. And then there's, like, two women in the attic, as she yeah. suspected. But the way Lisa, when she's uh, communing with the spirits, the way she pauses and, like, looks yeah. up, like, it's just so absurd. Yeah, totally um, hammy. Yeah. And then, like, this is a... It's almost like a genre shift as it turns into like a ghost hunting yeah. episode because they have like the blue light and the electro thermal. The like meter is beeping. There's a close up of the like yeah. beeping whatever meter. Charles oh, also- gets a recording of someone like they. He, he, he says, let's slow it down. Hmm. And Charles's face is so perplexed. Hmm. Now I'm a skeptic, but it's saying go away. <laughs> But he still holds throughout the episode that he doesn't believe in the paranormal. Yes. Now, even though he heard a mysterious voice saying, go away. Yeah. Did you notice, Charles, I don't know if he's, like, he flubs the dialogue, but he says, let's see if they will uh, cooperate the story. <laughs> Instead, Instead of corroborate? corroborate? <laughs> I thought, I didn't know if you caught that. No, I didn't. Okay. But I'm glad you mentioned the, um, it the show becoming one of those ghost hunter shows because it also has a thing where when Holly does get the employee to take her up and her and her girlfriend, as as Charles says, uh, upstairs, the like cameras start glitching. Yeah. (laughs) And then he says, Holly's up there. Get her out of there. Yeah. It's so like, (laughs) um, and then, uh, Wait, doesn't the episode actually, like, end on, a, like, yeah. a cliffhanger? Well, okay, before we get there... <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah. when, so Lisa, the, the medium and psychic, goes up and is very upset because these poor women are being tormented and ridiculed in the afterlife by yeah. these prankster employees. Yeah. And yeah. everyone's, like, really upset about that. But, yes, we get the little tag at the end of, um, like, the restaurant closing down. But before that... Isn't there, like, what am I missing? Wasn't there something where there was, like, a sound or something moved? Yeah. Well, I forgot. I forgot. Now, I wrote, like, Cliffhanger, but I can't remember what it was now, where, like, while Charles is saying, like, goodbye to Dimitri or whatever, there's, like, what was that? Or something. But also Dimitri is a ghost. Oh, no, the, 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 the meter starts going. The beeping. meter starts going crazy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Like, yeah. everyone's out of the restaurant. They're like, well, another successful job for Mystery Diners, getting people fired and uh, siding with the big guy on everything. And then, uh, yeah, the meter starts going, and Charles and Dimitri are like, hmm? Huh? And, then, and then it cuts to the, the standard four months later. Four months later, everyone where find quits. Out the business shuts down. The place down. closed. Dimitri reopens a new restaurant. Or he plans to. I don't he think he ever to. did. But this is so interesting to see, like, a show like this incorporate 
or incorporate, as I'm sure Charles would say, yeah. uh, one of their failures, basically not being able to save a business, yeah. into the show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, he closes, and then how does the episode end? So then Dimitri, I don't know what the what it's called, but he like disappears into yeah. nothingness. So yeah, he fades away. Fades away. So Dimitri is also a ghost. Yeah. So maybe he was this whole time. I think he was this whole you time. You think he was the whole time? Because he like he had like devilish good looks. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dimitri's a ghost. Um, oh, one of the funniest things that Charles Stiles said is... Um, well, we have, well, do you want to get to funniest moments? Yeah, I thought we didn't do the segments. Oh, I thought we... Didn't we say last week we do it in the same order we would have? Because we don't have fashion. We don't have... I think I did last week. This time I don't have... You're right. I don't have anything... Well, well I guess I, yeah, I was going to say Holly's tight, tight sweater dress. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to funniest moments. Okay, okay. Well... We didn't find a ghost, but we did find a couple of brain-dead employees. I'm so glad you mentioned that, because I meant to write it down and I yeah. forgot. I did write the owner fading away. Um, the hardest I laughed was the psychic. So she sits down, and Charles is like, Linda. Was it Linda or Lisa? Lisa. Lisa. What do you sense? And yeah, she does that thing of, like, pausing and closing her eyes and looking around. And then she tells the story about this used to be a pharmacy and the pharmacist was shot point blank in the head. He's standing right behind me. He was doing yeah. a robbery or something. And then Charles says to Dimitri, that's new information. You didn't know about the man who was shot. <laughs> I feel like Charles was like semi like asleep during this episode. He didn't yeah. have, I mean, he lacks any charisma at all, but I feel like he was even more sleepy and like just going through the motions with this episode yeah um i have more funny moments please go yeah okay we i can't remember because we go 20 something weeks without talking about these i can't remember if we've talked about the little like dossiers for each like like the marks they call them marks like yeah. the people they're targeting are yeah. so and so yeah and like it says like what they're being uh, investigated yeah. for and this one said concerns scaring customers yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, those things are always very funny, like sl- sloppy dresser. Or yeah. like- <laughs> um, uh, and then my final funniest moment, you mentioned Holly turning up the heat, mm-hmm. and Charles says to Dimitri, well, it looks like Holly's got your waiter Andy on the hook. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mentioned that for Make It Fashion, I mentioned Holly's dress. Did You, you didn't have any fashion fashionable moments in this episode? No. Um, and then for Under the Umbrella, there are so many things, but I don't know if, again, because we go so long between doing these, I can't remember if we ever talked about how funny, how there's a segment where they show like 3D models of the building and they say, yeah. here's where all the cameras are. Yeah. Two in the dining room, two in the bar, one in the walk-in freezer. And then it always ends the same way. It's like, and one camera in the parking lot to, to track any action that happens outside. Yeah. <laughs> the guy always says it the same way. Yeah. And we like... You and I say the word outside. In that out, way. Outside. outside. <laughs> to each other to make each other laugh all the time. Outside. Outside. Uh, and so that was, uh, that's under the umbrella here. So I think, is that it? Did you have anything uh, else you wanted to talk about with uh, season five, episode 10 of Mystery Diners, Paranormal Activities? No, no. I think, I think we did it. We did it. Um, thank you so much for uh, listening. You, uh, thank you for corresponding. Um, yeah. Um, Keep them coming. Yeah, have, we love that. You have a lot of call to action. Yeah, a lot of call calls, calls to, to action. action. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Thank you for correcting my grammar. Well, it reminds me of another um, one of my. This is going back twenty years. One of my other favorite um, uh, Onion headlines was you know William Sapphire used to write the column like on on grammar for mm-hmm. the New Yorker. I can't remember what publication, but the Onion headline was uh, William Sapphire orders two Whoppers Junior. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you can find this podcast wherever you found it, but you can also find posts for every episode at battleshippretension.com. That's also the home of my other podcast, Battleship Pretension, where I talk about movies. Uh, also, go to caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith to find out what's the latest on my, my co-host, who is going through some very scary and very unexpected, very sudden um, medical issues. And if you can, there's also a link there to a GoFundMe to help his... Uh, his wonderful family and his you know he has two boys who just turned two um, but yeah they are they are adorable we saw them just the other day um, to help them with all the mounting medical costs Uh, that's caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith you can also email us as we said at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com or follow me on twitter and uh, like Paige did and uh, tweet at me at Davy Pretension now, um, forgive me, Natalie, I've forgotten. Where do you want people to be able to track you down on the internet? Mm, I don't, as you know. Uh, but if you like this episode, you should rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mothers. Uh, every time you open the app of your choice, you can give us five stars. Yeah. That helps uh, support this podcast and helps other people find us. Um, you already have your calls to action. Mm-hmm. Let us know your favorite color. Uh, Please, yeah. Let us know what you'd pair with You're the Worst. Yeah. I'm glad let you remembered all these. I always forget. if you're watching Mystery Diners with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or if you hate this segment. Uh, until next time, see you at Flimby.